guys more to They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're ruining it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb. Hello and welcome to Between the Stammers, your unofficial Canucks podcast. It is November 27th. I think that's it. A Wednesday. We are recording this podcast. Art Aronson. 28th. 28th. I don't know. Uh, Art Aronson along with Caleb Kirby. Hi. Hi. Hey, how are you? On this podcast... We're going to talk about the state of the Canucks. Pretty obvious. I know we kind of go over all the the doings and comings of the Vancouver Canucks. There's been three games since the last podcast we've had. And we're also a little special treat this time. We're going to talk about our all-time Canuck teams. And we're, we're not just talking like the best players to create a line. We're talking, we're talking like 12 forwards, six defensemen, two goalies, your coach my team is fantastic which i've come up with i've already been told my team's better yeah well uh, it's true I, I i i mean we just went out for dinner and i was the victor i felt like that was to one person's opinion <laughs> but i mean that's the person that we asked and they already said they're like i kind of like caleb's team a little bit better i guess we'll let you decide we actually have some uh, submissions from listeners too uh, their team. So we're going to read those teams out as well. This is correct. We do. Uh, but we're going to get into that after we get into the... We'll just review the three games that have happened in Canuckland. Uh, the Canucks struggling still. They did snap an eight-game losing streak. You betcha. That was nice. It was nice. They're 1-7-2 and two in their last 10 games, though. Still. Yeah. Well, Not for it happens. Uh, the, last, uh, the last game before... Uh, the last three games that have happened since our last podcast... Uh, the San Jose Sharks four nothing loss. Yep. And then we had the the snap the streak snapping win a four two win over the L A Kings on the Saturday night. Nice. That was and, a nice game. I thought. Yeah. And then the uh, two to one overtime loss, which was the most recent game, which was on uh, I guess Monday night. Which yeah. Was last night. night. Yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday night. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the return of Brock Besser. That's probably the biggest news. In Canuck land, b- besides snapping the eight-game losing streak, right? Yeah, I thought he looked a little rusty last night, to be honest with you. Is that... Uh, that seemed to be the consensus yeah. from everybody. Uh, just rusty in his skating, rusty just playing hockey. Just keeping up. Keeping up with the play and, uh, you know, especially on the defensive side, man. Getting on your man. Um, in the OT, I even think he mentioned it himself. He just failed to pick up Brown when Brown was there to get that tap in, right? So it was his reason that goal went in. in the I, well, I mean, I'm not going to solely square it on him. There's a few reasons. You know, Markstrom's rebound wasn't exactly the best. And even before um, Besser got out, like, they just weren't playing man-on-man hockey. Like, they weren't picking up their assignments when they were defending there. And it was... You could see it coming. You could tell they were going to get scored on because it was a little sloppy. It's just like, I feel like when you're watching uh, 3 on 3 hockey now, pretty much as soon as the opposing team skates over the top of the circles, like you got to play man on man. You have to defensively. You can't be uh, playing any kind of zone defense. Everybody has to be on a guy and they can't trade off a guy's. Uh, as soon as you do that, you're going to give up a, a chance. Uh, the Canucks didn't look great in the first period against the Kings 
picked it up second half of this game. Uh, this is a team that they just beaten a couple of nights before. They played down to them, I thought. You know, when I watched the Kings, the Willie Desjardins-led LA Kings, their offense is pretty... Like, I know what they're doing. Give the puck to Anze Kovatar or Drew Doughty and hope they make an all-world play. Very, very one-dimensional. And, I mean, I, uh, when I was watching that game, too, I, I was thinking that. And I was just like, this is this is your classic Willie Desjardins game. And uh, going into the third, uh, I knew I knew the Canucks were going to tie it because the Kings were just holding on uh, with a prayer to try and hold out and, and win the game. And, I mean, that's got to be frustrating if you're a Kings fan to watch that brand of hockey. Like, uh, as Canucks okay. fans, we've seen Willie play that same exact style here, and it is tedious and slow and boring, and it usually fails, Yeah, you know? Seriously. And it's not, it's not on Willie because of his coaching style. That team just doesn't have the horses, man. They don't. Well, seriously, when I watched them the Saturday game, uh, this is full disclosure. I was at Creed 2 last night, so I didn't get to see I didn't get to see the the 2-1 shootout loss. And you didn't enjoy it that much, did you, Creed 2? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's a whole other story though. <laughs> I mean, I didn't hate it. It was it was fine. Uh But I when I was watching the Kings on Saturday, I was like, man, like it's Kopitar or Dowdy rushing the puck through the neutral zone. Yeah. And like, okay, maybe they'll make an all-world play that someone else can play off of and they'll score. But that's it. Yeah. And I, I'm looking at like the Kings, like uh, the scores, because they've played three, I guess they played, they played a couple of games. They played the Canucks twice and then they, I can't remember who they played in between. I think it was Vegas. Maybe it was Vegas. The Kings? They played Edmonton and Vegas. Yeah, Edmonton. That's it. Edmonton, yeah. And I tell you, I was looking at, like, the goals scored and who, like, did the goal. Anze Kopitar has had, like, I think he's had, like, seven points in the last three games. Like, mm-hmm. every single play is him. It's, yeah. And I'm watching. I'm like, every single play is either Trout, Dowdy or Kopitar making, like, going, you know, all-world in between players, making the play happen. And that's it. That's all their team has. Canucks played down to their level – um tempo wise and energy wise last game and uh their goaltender uh peterson he stood on his head he played really well besser had one backhand attempt that hit the crossbar that was very dangerous and then um they got a lot of shots off they almost doubled them in shots but like none of the shots were all that risky roussel had a couple chances too where you you feel like he should have probably buried one of them but you know what? It's the four check wasn't there last night. Mott was the only guy who was banging on the boards. The uh, Granlin goal was a byproduct of Granlin and Vertanen doing some hard work in the corner, but like that was really the only shift where they were doing it, and it was out of desperation because they were down in the game and they needed something. You know, like they kind of took. I feel like they took the second period off completely. They kind of showed up a little bit in the in the first period, but. They played down to their level, and I'm a little worried about the besser Pedersen goldobin line in the fact that if you're going to play that laissez-faire on the wall, like if you're not going to, you know, go after pucks and work on retrieval and, and get a forecheck going, you're not going to get anything going because the team is having a bit of a hard time breaking out. And when guys are just skating over the red line and dumping pucks in and you're not going in there and grinding and trying to get possession, if you're doing it like that, if you're playing that soft on the wall, you're not going to get any chances. 
obviously goal scoring is down during this 10 week stretch and yeah yeah and that's why but it's got, it's yeah. guys cheating it's guys not doing the little things that get you the puck uh here's travis green talking about brock besser after the game yeah it's challenging for anyone though that's just the way the that's that's the way the league is you don't have a lot of practice time i think we had three practices in 20 22 days leading up to yesterday so it's not like you can sit there and wait for quality practice time we might Otherwise, he might not play till Saturday or something like that. So, but I thought he was—I thought he was all right. I just think he was a little rusty. And when you play LA, you're playing a a team that plays pretty tight game, and you got to fight for space against them. They're—they're they're a bigger team, and you know we expected it to be a game where you had to you had to stay with it and you had to fight for space against their team. So that's him talking about. You know, reporters were asking how he thought Brock Besser looked after the game, and he said rusty. And that seems to be the consensus. But he's a big part of this team. And, you know, whether whether he played well or not in that game is, to me, kind of irrelevant. He's back with the team now. Uh, let's get some practice time together. Like you said, he only had three practices. Like, Besser hadn't played in 25 days, right? I'm just wondering about deployment now, though. I'm wondering where you put Besser, you know, because you got a guy like Horvat who's playing with, like, Roussel and Gagne. And the only reason Gagne is even up here is because of the injury injury to Berchi, mm-hmm. right? Like how sideways that has gone. And like, well, I mean, man, team- I hope Berchi just is okay. Like even if he doesn't play hockey ever again, like I just hope that guy is okay. Like I, I hope, you know, the head isn't a, a huge problem. I'd love to see him come back because I think he's a heck of a player. You know, but like he's at this point now where you're actually concerned for his health and concerned for his family. Like the guy just got married and and, um, you know, you want to make sure that he lives the rest of his life without concussion symptoms because concussion symptoms are horrible. You know, it's hard. It's hard to wake up in the morning. You got to like light bothers you if you got that bad of a concussion. Yeah. Berchie, obviously, that's it's a real concern. We have absolutely no idea when he's going to come back or if he's going to come back or anything. It's concussion. We can't we can't be a we can't really even speculate on when he's going to come back at this point. But I think I think Green really needs to figure out what he's going to do with Besser and he needs to figure that out sooner rather than later. Well, he's close to full strength here. Like, yes, Berchie's not back, but. Now you got Brock Besser back. Uh, you got Alex Edler and Tanev, who have missed considerable time on the yep. back end. Injuries cannot be an excuse anymore for this team. Well, you, you, still, you still need your guys who do a lot of the dirty work. You know, Beagle is is coming back, and Sutter is, again, a, a few weeks away. But deployment last night looked like a problem to me. I had no idea why Jake Vertanen wasn't in that top six last night. He should have been in it. If you're looking for a guy to get energy going, who does work on the wall, who is good at zone entries, he's one of the best on the team at zone entries. It's like him and Pedersen. Why the hell wouldn't you have him up there with guys who have the ability to produce offensively? So you're questioning Green's deployment now. Yes. I, this, I think it was a problem last night. I yeah. really do. How about in this seven how about in this ten game stretch where they've lost seven? Of ten games, he gave outright. he gave Jake chances in those games. Yep. He didn't start him usually in the first period. He'd give it to a guy like Louis, mm-hmm. and then he'd be like, "Oh, we need some energy. We need something." And then Jake would go in there, and Jake would be noticeable every time. Yeah, he'd be the guy, 
right? And it would be like, okay, well, too little, too late. But look at what's happening with Jake. It's a great thing. And I don't know if it's his thought process where he's like, well, if I leave him on the third line, he's the engine that can drive that line. That might be the thought process. I'm not 100% sure. But to me, Jake is a kind of player that can win those board battles and and retrieve those pucks and get those zone entries that this team so desperately needs. I think he's good with Goldobin and Pedersen, you know, and I don't know if Brock's the kind of guy who can drive a line, but when Brock and Bo play together, they both produce. And I, I think Bo, for his workload, for what he's doing with guys like Roussel and Gagne, he himself kind of looks a little bit lost out there with, with the line mates he has right now. I'd much rather see... Brock given a chance there with Bo, then see that line again from last night just fail to get anything going because nobody on that line has the grit to go in and win a goddamn board battle. Okay. Like it was really annoying last night to watch that. Okay. They stooped down to the king's level. Yeah, we can pick apart his we can pick apart Green's deployment and his lines all you want, but what would you have for the top six right now? What's your top six? Well, yeah, it's hard because it's harder than you think. Well, right? it's it's hard because you have if you move Besser on to the wing with Horvat, you got to get rid of Sam Gagne in that top six, or you got to move Gagne down to Pedersen and Goldobin. And I don't think Gagne is the guy to move down to Pedersen and Goldobin. I think you put Jake there. And then I think you put Besser up with Horvat and maybe move Granny onto the other side. And then that's okay. So your top line would be Pedersen, Goldobin, Vertanen, uh, Horvat, Besser, Granlund. Well, that's, that's line. Like that's that's six. that's line one, line two. I don't even know if you say yeah. one's a top I'm, I'm or not, one's a not. I'm not saying but that. But that's those saying. are the guys I'd pick. Yeah. 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 I would for sure. Yeah. You know, like Granlin at center is not getting it done in the dot. He's losing faceoffs consecutively. There, I've always thought he's better on the wing. You know. Um, Mott, I think Mott's been one of the best players down this stretch. Yeah. And he could, he could help supplant a guy like, uh, he could help boost a guy like, um, like Gagne, whether Gagne's playing center or if Gagne's on the other side. Yeah. Uh, yes, Canucks have been losing. Uh, there are a couple of things that I wanted to, uh, mention over this last little stretch. Adam Gaudet, first goal of the season. That's significant. Set up by Jakey. Yeah. That was a beautiful goal. That was a really nice setup, and that was a really nice goal. Yeah, yeah, I loved how Vertanen like fished it out of the net. He seems like he seems like he's like gaining, and they had him mic'd up in one game. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, against Winnipeg. Yeah, and I heard it, and I was like, you know what, this kid's like turning into a leader. He's young, and he's turning into a leader. I know? was really impressed when he was talking to Newell Brown in that piece, and he was asking him where he needs to be and and what he needs to do. Yeah. Like, I like how he was double-checking and going over that, and I like how he's interacting with his teammates. I, I agree with you. He is turning into a leader. Uh, did you hear his little, like, interaction with Dion Phaneuf? Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. I love that. And that's, like, something that we, uh, this Canuck team, hasn't had since, like, Kessler and Burroughs, right? Reward the guy. Put him in your top six, then. That's you know, the thing that bugs me about this. Yeah. Well, we can talk about that to our eyes are blue, though. I just yeah. want to talk about Rutan and, and the player that he's become now. And... I. 
and I, I just I like that. I like that uh, there's a little more sandpaper to this team because remember Burroughs and Kessler, those two fucking yip yaggers, they were yipping all game long, right? Yeah. They get they they kind of brought a character to this team, and I think that Vertanen kind of brings a little bit of character. And and Roussel is just goddamn hilarious every time he's out there. He's so funny, Frenchy. Yeah, he's so funny though, man. He pisses those other teams off so much. Mm-hmm. Every altercation he gets in, he's like either riding a guy or a guy's riding him and he's tied up with them and then they finish by like you know putting their hands in each other's faces uh if you missed it jake for comments to dion Phaneuf before the game i guess in warm-up he was like i'm gonna be in your kitchen all game long yeah that kind of thing and so dion Phaneuf steps up and hits him hard in the first period and you know jake goes down jake goes yeah that wasn't that hard of a hit or whatever hit yeah. me harder next time or whatever yeah. and Vertanen like they collided Again, like later on in the game, and Vertanen got like the better of it. He you trucked know? him. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. And then he goes and he sets up Godet for his first NHL goal, yeah. man. That was a statement game for yeah. Jake. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, other thing, uh, Francesco Accolini was live tweeting the Canucks game last night. I saw that. The Kings. Did you watch that? Yeah. Uh, what a game to pick, by the way, Francesco. <laughs> what are you doing? He was he was fanboying the whole way. What do you think of that? What, what are your thoughts on I got, the owner of the team doing that? I got no problem with it, except... I, you know what? I don't have a problem with it. Good for him to show that he's invested in it. It's just a weird game to pick. You know, the Kings at home on oh, uh, Tuesday night. It's just a weird matchup for him he, to he was bored. go ahead and pick it, pick up. The guy's multimillionaire, wanted something to do that night, you know? Yeah, but I mean, you're playing the Kings. How much offense is going to happen in this game? I, I would hope more from the Canucks, but... It wasn't there last night. Uh, you know, people were, of course, he invites criticism when he does something like this. Right? That's fine, though. Yeah. I, th- I mean, if you're out there and you're doing it, it seems like you're comfortable with it. He's been really, really vocal about getting ride sharing in Vancouver, too. He obviously is. He doesn't mind it. And you know what? All of his tweets get tons of likes as well. He oh. gets tons of love for what he says. His tweet uh, at the end of the game. I hate losing. We'll take the point and move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just it's just fun, though, because he was, you know, like after a goal, he's like, bingo, knew it was coming. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it was funny. I, I thought it was refreshing. Uh, I think it is refreshing, and I, I really appreciate um, a general manager and or an owner who's actually invested in their team. That's what I loved about Brian Murray uh, when he was the general manager of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Like, he... You could see him up there, and he was so invested in like on pins and needles. He just loved hockey and loved watching it. And if if your owner is that kind of guy and and is willing to get out there and put himself out there with the fans, like mm-hmm. power to that man. He uh, he also had a problem with somebody playing Chelsea Dagger. Did yeah. you did you hear that? Yeah. Did you? I it mean, was I a did. big thing today during the fifty fifty. Yeah. Chelsea Dagger went on. Yeah. And. Uh, Canucks line kind of got their titties in a huff about it. His uh, his his tweet was, by the way, playing Chelsea Dagger at the game last night was an innocent mistake on the part of someone whose memory doesn't go back that far. Bugged me. It won't happen again. Yeah. <laughs> whose memory doesn't go back that far? It's like, um, that's like every time we go to the Chicago, we go to Madison Square or... Uh, uh, the Windy City. We go to Chicago. Well, I think it's pretty clear that somebody else is doing that job this year. The though. Madhouse. All the, on, all the music has changed. The except Madhouse for like, on Madison, the United Center. Except for like Holiday being the mandated goal song again, right? Yeah. 
I don't know. It's, I don't know. It, I don't know. I saw a few media in Vancouver kind of like how why bonehead is play. Why is this person employed? Yada yada. I'm like this. Let's not bonehead <laughs> play, but way to own it. And nobody yeah. should be fired over firing yeah. up one song. Exactly. Like, exactly. Let's get serious here. Our uh, our program director at the Q had a great tweet. He's like, "Yes, this is what's holding the Canucks back from winning a championship. <laughs> let's overreact to this." Yeah. <laughs> But it is it is annoying. I mean, especially like when you followed that run to um, kind of get that wound open up again, and even just like the, you you kind of feel a little betrayed, even to an ignorance to it, because you think the person that would be in charge of the music and everything would know better. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, okay, you want that person to be a fan, yep. and if they were a fan, they would have known. But clearly, they didn't. <laughs> they clearly didn't. Yes, we're all a little sensitive about Chelsea Dagger, damn it. Uh, before we get into our much-anticipated all-Canuck team, because I know you're dying to give me yours, uh, I just wanted to um, say a little something about uh, Elias Patterson because he's been on a bit of a cold streak. Six points in uh, the last 12 games. It's kind of low for him. He has 21 points in 21 games this year. And... It looked like he was going to be a runaway for Rookie of the Year, but a new contender has stepped up. Okay. Brady Kachuk for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. 16 points in 14 games. And he's like, the other night he had this, I can't, he he was like, they had a comeback. I can't, I think it was Dallas. They were behind against Dallas and they came back and won the game and he was a big part of it. And Ian Mendez for TSN wrote a huge article today saying that Brady Kachuk has worked himself into the rookie of the year candidacy. Are you worried about Brock? Or are you worried about Elias Pettersson's rookie of the year campaign? No, man. PD will be fine. Yeah. By the end of the season, PD will have it locked. PD's going to explode for a few more. He, he had two points against uh la on saturday as well mm-hmm. that man you and i have already had this argument over that goal i think that goal that he had against la on saturday was his best goal yet he totally just anticipated the pass stepped between two d-men grabbed it wired it okay gorgeous goal yeah my my argument was it was against peterson who's peterson who a goalie i'd never have ever fucking heard but it doesn't matter so it's it was it's, still a great it's goal the, it's not the shot it's the anticipation of the pass and to step in and grab it that guy thinks hockey insanely well like he's always a step ahead of the game and that was another case dude that guy like yesterday he was skating down the ice on a back check and i was watching the game with a friend my my friend was like oh look at the way pd skates and in my head I was thinking the exact same thing. And I'm like, I'm getting excited about how this guy skates on a back check. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm like, I need to pump my brakes here. But at the same time, it's so impressive with what he does. And I, I no, think no, no, I think he'll be the rookie of the year. I okay. do. Yep, yep. Uh, all I'm saying is oh, the only argument that we had, if you're wondering, because Caleb made it sound like it was an inside argument. I just didn't think it was the best goal of the year that he scored. I thought clearly the best goal of the year he scored was the goal against the Colorado Avalanche. The game tire. Yeah, the game That's tire. my that's yeah. my second favorite. Come on. Like that I jumped out of my seat. Like that was incredible. I jump out of my seat for all his goals. Yeah. Okay. Uh but Brady Kachuk, he's he looks like he's going to be a real player. Those Kachuk brothers, those guys are pretty good. Clearly. All right. Let's get into it. Oh Jesus. All right. For whatever reason in the last podcast, Caleb just threw it at us. 
Yeah. That's well, you, I told big... you, I told you why I threw it at you is because the Canucks had just finished playing the Ducks, and I was thinking about a guy like Ryan Kessler and what he had done for this franchise, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know how much shit he gets from Canucks fans. And while I understand a lot of it, I still think he's one of the greatest guys to put on the uni. But then I asked myself, because of the position he plays, he's yep. a centerman. Yep. Would he make my all-time Canuck team? Well, we're going to find even out in here his, in a second. Even in his prime. We're going to find out a second right? here. But okay. before you go into this, let's get into the user yeah, submissions because we, we got yeah. some user submissions well, let's as well. Set, let's set the parameters here. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you know what you're doing, by the way, because I set these parameters and you've tried to change them on me twice. Okay. Well, here's your opportunity right now. Caleb, tell us between the stammers right now. What are the parameters of this Canuck all-time team? Okay, so the all-time Canuck team is you need four lines of forward, three D pairings, two goalies. That's it. Now, this team is anybody who could have, who has ever put on the uni, and this is if you could have them in their prime as a Canucks player. Not as an NHL player, but as a Canucks player. Simple? Simple. Um, you know what I'm going to do for this, Caleb? I'm going to set, I'm going to put this separately. So, Oh. If you don't, if you don't like want to listen to this is what, uh, if you don't want to listen to our uh, spiel about the Canucks and everything that you can, and you just want to listen to uh, the all-time team, I'm gonna make this like a separate piece of the podcast. Okay, well that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Getting like some that? editing done, like hey? That? Like that? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get into our submissions. First, okay, because we had a few fans of between the stammers. Uh, want to weigh in on their favorite all time okay who do you got there so again and this is where it's a little bit vague on your all-time yeah, connect team there's nothing vague about it a little bit like is this your favorite all-time connect team or is this your the best players this is the team that you pick yeah. for your best chance at winning a stanley cup okay that's it. It's That's not it. your favorites, okay. you know. Okay. I just I, I I had a tough time answering that question. All right, enough of the f- enough of the foreplay here. Let's <laughs> let's get to it. Okay, this is from Zach. Uh, his forwards, his first line. He's got Nasland, Henrik Sedin, Pavel Bure. Splitting up the Sedins here. This is interesting. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like it already. His second line is Daniel Sedin, Patterson, Bertuzzi. Third line: Smeal, Stan Smeal, obviously. Trevor yeah. Linden. Alex Mogilny. And his fourth line is Brock Besser, Ryan Kessler, and Alex Burrows. So there you go. He puts Kessler on his uh, there he goes. his top. There oh, you go. Good for him. I mean. Uh, and his uh, defenseman, uh, Matthias Olin, Sammy Salo, Kevin Bieksa, Adrian O'Coin, and Edler, Alex Edler, and uh, Ed Jovanovsky. And his and his goalies are Luongo and McLean. Luongo being his starter. Okay, uh, can I can I say something right now? Absolutely. I think we're gonna see a lot of Luongo and McLean starter backup. I am gonna be surprised if there's an outlier in Luongo McLean starter backup. I'll be surprised. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. I don't think you're wrong. I okay. have I have a submission from uh, Brad. Yeah, let's hear it. And I, I like what he's done here for the most part. He uh, put Hank and Danny together with Trevor Linden on the right side. Interesting. He put Besser on the left side with Petey in the middle and Bure on the right side. 
Besser, Patterson, and Burry. Yeah. Fuck, that would be That would be nice, right? That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. And then he put the West Coast Express just as a line. Just as a line? Which I thought was pretty cool. That's... Uh, yeah. You that, know? <laughs> I, can't, you know? I can't argue that. BMO makes the team... Yeah. Just by default, because his wingers are unreal. Yeah, and BMO was clutch. Like, remember how many overtime goals yeah. he scored as well? I, I have a hard time putting him on my all-time list. I, I, I don't know. disagree. With it. Yeah. I mean, it, this is Brad's though. It's not yeah. yours, right? Absolutely. So let's keep yeah. her going. Yeah. And then we have uh, Bo Horvat in the middle on the fourth. Uh, Greg Adams on the left, and the steamer Stan Smeal on the right. Interesting. Then his deep deep pairings are Olin Lume. Jovanovski, Salo, Dave Babich, Harold Snaps, Roberto Luongo in net, starting Kirk McLean back up. Okay. Did he give a goal? Or, did, or sorry, did he give a head coach? No, he didn't give a head coach. Okay. So I like his team. Okay. I, I like that. I feel like that's like a wrench almost. Like Pedersen, Besser, and Burry. That's. That's pretty fucking exciting. It's nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I still have a hard time putting Morrison. I mean, he has, like, the jokes every time that he, like, gets uh, brought in by the Canucks, like, honored by the Canucks. He He's always like, yeah, you know, it was so tough carrying the West Coast Express on my back. <laughs> <laughs> he always says that, and I love it for him every he's time. He's a beauty, man. Like, it's it's nobody's going to ever say anything bad about Brendan Morrison. Yeah. He's just pure class. Great. Friend of Morrison's story, by the way. Uh, I was I was flying to uh, I was flying to Calgary. I was going to visit my brother, and I was at the Victoria Airport. And guy sits next to me, and I look. And Brandon Morrison sitting next to me. Nice. (laughs) And then he sat next to me again on the plane. You chat him up? Absolutely. Nice. I was like, hey, Brandon, I loved your time as a, you know, as a Canuck. I loved West Coast Express. I just, I love that brand of hockey. You guys are, you know, responsible for, you know, my childhood, my, you know, the love of the Canucks during my, you know, high school years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And he was the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. And then I got, then I got a little ridiculous. I was like, eh, if you want to come on my, uh, my show on CFAX. And he was like, oh, maybe. Yeah, I brushed you off a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, well, I'm, I'm like, yeah, how can I get a hold of you? He's like, uh, oh, I go through my website. Yeah, I live like, on uh, 123 Fake Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I felt a little bad about that because everything was going awesome. He sat next to me. We were having a great conversation. And you know I, what, I took though? it one step too far. You don't, you're not going to know until you ask. So uh, I think that's props to you, man. Yeah. And, and you know i'm a reporter. i don't know why i'm on your show to be honest i mean sometimes i feel like i shouldn't be here this but. is our show what are you talking <laughs> about you yeah. have your own show i know i know uh anyway that's my brendan morrison story uh by the way former michigan wolverine you know brendan yeah, morrison right. was a yeah he is a big michigan guy and now we got two pretty nice uh pieces in the system that played for right. michigan as well that's right hughes yeah uh also pit meadows right yeah uh so this is this submission Great team, by the way. This uh, mission comes from Shane. Uh, his top line, he's got Daniel Sedin, Henrik Sedin, Pavel Bure. Interesting. Yeah. See, I love how everybody's is different, right? Second line, he's got, this is like a power line here. Holy smokes. Bertuzzi, Lyndon Burroughs. Really? Yeah. And then his third line, Pedersen, this is questionable, Shane. Pedersen, Mogilny. That's interesting. I like that. And Gradine. 
Gradine. Gradine. Thomas Gradine. He's never seen Gradine play. He's on his list. Who do you, who, how old is this guy? He's the same age as me. Yeah. Crap. Thomas Gradine. Okay. Third. Uh, and the third line, he has Ryan Kessler, Gino Ojek, and Jeff Cortnall. Man, look at this. Kessler making teams, eh? Kessler has made... Two teams. Has made two teams. Yeah, he's made more teams than he's been left off of. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, and then his... Uh, I feel like the defense is all really close, similar, right? Well, let's see. Well, look, what has he got? So he's got Olin Salo, Jovanovski, Lume, Bieksa, Babbage. Dave Babbage makes his team. Ye of the second best mustache ever. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not going to argue that at all. Stelic has the first, right? Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> Babbage is second, clearly. Mm-hmm. And his goaltending is uh, Luongo's a starter. McLean's the backup. And his coach is Pat Quinn. Are we going to see a different goaltender combo? I feel like we're not going to see it. Unless it's from you. Well, you never know what the old ace in the hole's got over here. <laughs> uh, so that's it for our submissions. Okay. Uh, do you want to do yours first? Or no, you I want to hear your crap team first. Okay. So this is a team that's going to win the fucking Stanley Cup, Okay. Guys. Let's see it. All right. Here we go. First line, fellas. Marcus Naslin. Elias Pettersson. Pavel Bure. This line is fucking fantastic. It's got it all. It's got speed. It's got playmaking. Oh, it's geez. got savvy. It's got Swedish. You sound it's like a door-to-door Russian. salesman already here. What, what else you got? Uh, it's got the Russian rocket. Uh, second line, the Sedin bros and their winger, Todd Bertuzzi. Because I think if We've we We've seen know, that before. Exactly. And it's been good. Yeah. It's been good. All right, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought about that, but I, yeah. I, I had an objection to it just because I've seen it. Well, I mean, just because you've seen it doesn't mean it's not good. I, I didn't say it wasn't good. I just feel like I've seen it. And I like, I'm just, you know, I, I'd like to see some different potential this, out this there. This guy, I'm, I'm just saying Bertuzzi, like, man, we're talking in his heyday. This guy's creating space there. Yeah. He had hands as good as any big guys ever had. I agree. And I think, you know, those guys with Sedin's, him with Sedin's in their, in their prime, man, these guys are making magic out there. Because Bertuzzi, not only could, like these guys, not only could he score in the break, off the break, but he could play along the boards with these guys yeah. and everything, you know? Okay, we're, we're two lines in, but I honestly, I'm already thinking I got you. So the third line, Trevor Linden. Okay. Alex Mogilny. Okay. And Jeff Cortnall. Okay. Yeah. And the reason Jeff Cortnall, the reason I put Jeff Cortnall in here is because if you look at his stats, like this guy was putting up 70, 80 points like during his heyday with the Canucks. And I think with Linden there in the center, and then you got McGillney who's like, he's the ob- clearly the best offensive player out of these three. He kind of he's kind of a wrench in that, you know? I, I got to be honest with you, man. I am so surprised by how many people have gone with Elmo. Why? I'm just surprised by it. He's like he's the most he's like he's he, arguably the most talented player that's ever played for the he, Canucks. Well, I mean, he had a season with the Canucks where he got 107 points. Yeah. Right? But it's just like it's so funny to me because those were some dark ass days in Canuck history. Like a good chunk of his career here oh. were horrible horrible times. No. 
Um, but, but I mean, it, this guy yeah. in his prime. This guy in his prime. Like, I'm not. I'm not arguing it. It's just I'm surprised by it. This guy scored 76 goals in one season. Yeah. Yeah. This is the line that nobody wants to play against. Okay, my let's, fourth let's, line. Let's hear it. So this is the line that Claude Lemieux thinks. God damn it! I don't want to play against this line. Okay. Okay. The center. Ryan Kessler. <laughs> he made it. Right winger, Michael Pekka. Nice. Nobody nice wants pick. to play against fucking Michael Pekka. I like that. And guess who their winger is? Oh, Martin Jelinas. Fuck. How good Fuck. is that fourth line? <laughs> How good is that fourth God line? God damn it, Art. How good is that fourth line? All right. It's good. I agree. It's good. I'm, I'm a little disappointed now. Uh, my defenseman. A little yeah. bit different. I got Olin Sallow, clearly. Those guys are going to be in every Olin Sallow, team. yeah. Jovanovski, Christian Erhoff. Okay. And I have Lume, your K Lume. Yeah. I mean, every time Jim Houston would say, Lume gets the puck at the point, skates in off the point, he like he would like widen his stance and like stick handle through people to the I I don't know. It just it would I love it. It would give me tingles, you know? Okay. Goosebumps. Uh, so Lume and his partner, Jeff Brown. Jeff Brown made the team? Jeff Brown makes this team. I, what? It was between him and Bieksa. And Gil, read, me, read me your D again. Okay. Olin Sallow. Olin Sallow. Jovo Erhoff. Jovo Erhoff. Yerke Lume. Jeff Brown. That is the biggest fucking snub to Alex Edler I've ever heard in my life. Well, here's the thing about Alex Edler. He had really just one really good year, and he was good. And yeah, I would put him with Erhoff if I put him there. And it, to, honestly, you know you're who I, nuts. You know who I would put on this team before Alex Edler? You're nuts, man. Kevin Bieksa. I put Kevin Bieksa on Kevin this team. Kevin Bieksa. Yeah, before Alex Edler. You're nuts. I would. You're crazy. I would. And this is you, you know, have Jeff Brown on there before him, so like that just dude. Okay, all right. Go That's fine. Go look at Jeff Brown's it's numbers. It's good. It's good. Jeff it's fine. Brown. Brown, a long pass to Pavel Burry. He's in the clear. Okay, all right. I'm going to put that in. I am, I'm blown away by this. Okay, that's and fine. And my goaltending. Alex Edler's going to go down as the best Canuck defenseman in He's going to go down history. for best points, but for me, He's that's He's going to go down as tenure. the best. That's tenure. That all, the argument is going to be between him and Olin, man. I'm talking about these players in their prime. Okay, that's what right. this is. These I, players I, in their prime. I, I know what it is. I'm the guy who brought it up. Yeah. Uh, my coach is uh, Elaine Vigneault. And your goaltenders, sorry? Uh, Roberto Luongo, Kirk McLean. Okay. And uh, coaches, Elaine Vigneault. All oh. right. You have the floor, Caleb Kirby. The team to beat all teams. Let's the hear it. The team to beat all teams. First line. <laughs> On left wing. I just want to tell you guys all, he's been waiting for this all day. Daniel Sedin. Oh. At center, Henrik Sedin. Mm-hmm. On right wing. Brock Besser. Oh, Besser makes this team. You see, for me, I wanted to have him on this team. I really did. But I feel like he hasn't quite earned it yet. Brock Besser, Daniel and Henrik would feed that guy, man. He would feast. For all the pucks that they can get everywhere, Brock Besser is the guy who I think, if you put him with Daniel and Henrik in their prime, he would be astronomical. He would be through the roof. I think he would be the the highest scorer on the team, even goals wise, even with everybody else. Okay. So that's why I put even with Brock Besser with Daniel and Henrik with with those two guys who can make those plays. An open Brock Besser for the style that they play too, right? They play a bit of a slower 
style, a bit more like cerebral, good passing and everything. Mm-hmm. Brock Besser with them, I think, would be absolute magic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Second line. Mm-hmm. Sexiest line out there. <laughs> Marcus Naslin, left wing. Mm-hmm. Ilias Patterson, center. Mm-hmm. Todd Vertuzzi, right wing. Okay, stop for a second. What? You have two lines and Pavel Burry's not on any of them. Listen up. All right? I'm not you done. Lose. You lose. I'm not done. You lose. I'm not done. Because this team is so fucking stacked that Burry will come. Don't worry about it. I think this line has so much skill already. Burt's your in front of the net guy. PD can get him a puck wherever on the ice. Naslin's your sniper. Those top two lines, if, sexy as all. If I, if I was Stephen A. Smith right now, I would have the really high... That's disrespectful. Well, you know what? Not Our, having Pavel Burry, the only Canuck in the Hall of Fame, team, and he's not in your top this team. Two is lines? The team. This is the team that's going to win the Stanley Cup, and this team is so deep that they don't need Pavel Burry on their top two lines. Third line. You've already lost. Third line. The fast line. The speed line. The sexy line. The highest potential for breakaways, goals, in transition. The best line. Left wing, Alexander McGillney. Center, Bo Horvat. McGillney was a right winger, but fine. I know. This is, but relax. Left wing, Alexander. And he played his off wing, by the way. That's what Al, Almo did. Yeah, but he never played. I'm just saying, yeah. he played his off wing his, his whole career. He could easily play on his normal side, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, Almo, left wing, Bo Horvat, center, Pavel Bure, right wing. Wouldn't you want to see. Bo Horvat skate up and down the ice with a guy like Pavel Bure. Bo Horvat made your team. Yeah. Okay, let's hear your third. Let's hear your fourth line here. Bo Horvat's unreal. I want to hear your fourth line here. Yeah. See, what are you doing? You're it's picking little, me apart. I just kind of think it's just dis- no. It's Bo Horvat's it's a stud. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm, it's a little disrespectful. Fourth line. You're disrespectful. I'm not disrespectful at all. Fourth line at left wing. Greg Adams. Greg Adams. Yeah, Center. Trevor Linden. Right? Well, you have to. You have to. Oh, relax. You have to. So, fourth line, left wing, Greg Adams, center, Trevor Linnett, and I'm a little pissed off that this guy's on your fucking team, Martin Jelena, right wing. He was always going to make this team. The guy's the most clutch playoff performer out there. Yeah, he is. You know, and uh, that's that's my grinding line, but they're also skilled enough to get it done. But would you not say that my grinding line would kick the shit out of that grinding line? I wouldn't say it would kick the shit out of him. You have one of the same players on your grinding line that I have on my But seriously, line. who wants to play against this line? Martin Jelinas, Ryan Kessler, and Michael Pekka. Don't get me wrong. Nobody wants I to play against I think Michael Pekka is, is a great player, but I think the skill on my team would make you look like an asshole every night of the week. Not only that, but wait till you hear my D pairings, Art, before you start arguing. Okay. First pairing, Matias Oland, Yurke Lume. Yep. Second pairing. Alex Edler, Christian Ehrhoff. That is the best Canucks D pairing to ever play together for even the limited amount of time that they played together. They are. They were the best looking defensive pairing consistently night in, night out, even for the limited amount of time they played. You know, Alex Edler taking a year off last year kind of just soured me. That's why he's not on my team. Well, I don't think he took a year off. I think he did he, take a fucking I, year no, off. I think he picked up his socks once he heard the Sedins retired, and that's what's kind of got me back on the Edler wagon a little all bit. All right, all right. Third defensive pairing, mm-hmm. Ed Jovanovsky, mm-hmm. the Finnish McKinnis, Sammy Sallow. He has to be on that. Right? Yeah. So you got a problem with that too? 
The Edler is your issue? That's your sticking point? Well, I don't know. Not putting your K. Lume there is a little... Your K. Lume is on my team. Oh, where? Oland and Lume. Oh, okay. Edler and Erhoff. Mm-hmm. Jovanovski and Salo. Okay. And then in goal 10, goal in goalie, Wongo and Kirk McLean. <laughs> Just like everybody else. <laughs> Who's not going to do that, right? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, as, far as, as far as a coach is concerned... Yeah. Important. Yeah, I uh, I actually really like Travis Green. I like what he's gotten out of these players so far, and I'm not like gushing over anything else that we've had. I'm not. That's disrespectful. To Vigneault, I don't care. Dude, Elaine Vigneault is easily the best coach this team's ever had. And, you know, when you look at Elaine he's got, Vigneault's he's, career. He's got the numbers for sure. No, when you look at Elaine Vigneault's career, though, when you look at the teams that he's had, he's always done better than that team should be like he's he's over i disagree i think he inherited a new york ranger team that should have got it done and they didn't mm. i don't know i think av is he's a I he's a he's fantastic yeah i mean if you want to win president president's trophies go ahead get elaine Vignol. if you want to win a stanley cup first pick my team second <laughs> pick my coach i don't know i think i still like my team better than yours the well, only of course you do art it's yours and i'm gonna like mine more than you like yours as well that's fair and i'm pretty sure the people who submitted are gonna like theirs none Honest- of them are bad honestly uh jeff Gortnall and brock Besser, those are like the two guys that i like i, I couldn't decide between at that point point. and quite frankly a lyndon mogilny Besser line i'd be okay with that as well you know so yeah. I, I I love Sadine Sadine Bertuzzi. It's it's. I feel like that's under. I, I, I like it. it, but I feel like we've yeah. seen it, and I think Daniel Henrik and Brock would just be glorious. That's like putting a guy like Brett Hall in his prime with the Sadines. Whoa! It's just here's it's, here's my problem with your sexy. team, though. You're giving you're giving these young you're giving the young guys a little too much credit here right now at this point in their stage. I think you know. I'm excited. And you put Burry on the third line. That's that's my that's my rush line. It's disrespectful. He's he's on my third line on paper. Who knows? Maybe Bo, Elmo, and uh, Burry will light it up one night, and then they'll become you know first second line. All right. None of these lines are set in stone. Everybody's right. getting equal ice time. Yeah, yeah. I roll four, Art. I roll four. I I still think my fourth line Art doesn't roll is four. like the greatest fourth line that's ever happened. Art doesn't roll four. His Canuck fourth line's history. on limited minutes. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, Kessler's riding the pie the entire time. No, he's not. This fourth line. <laughs> this fourth line is on any time the offense the offensive juggernauts are going on the on the other team. Because right. seriously, nah. Kessler, Jalinus, Pekka. We've oh. heard it. Ooh. We've heard it. Getting, it's good though. Go- it's, I'm getting hey, goosebumps. You know it's, it's not bad. I'm getting goosebumps just feeling it. Nah. You know, and the only reason why Mike Pekka uh, makes the all-time Canuck team—that's a bunch of malarkey. Really? I think so. I think it's a bunch of malarkey. Him and Brown, both. Those are those are my issues with your team. Everything else is fine. These are the guys that are gonna that are gonna like make the difference. Oh yeah, Jeff yeah. Brown's just gonna sleep with everybody's wife. <laughs> You got Kirk McClain and Jeff Brown on the same team. That's a recipe for disaster, my friend. Well, this is their prime. They didn't know that that happened yet. Yeah. Right? Okay. They don't know that that happened yet. Maybe the seed's already been planted. Um, if you're listening to this and you have your Canuck all-time team, please send it to betweenthestammers at gmail.com. Tell Caleb Kirby what's up, that he's wrong. Uh, last thing uh, I want, a couple of NHL miscellaneous things I wanted to run by you before we end this thing. Uh, Ron Hextall, GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, fired. What do you think? Warranted? 
Yeah, I mean, well, like, how long has that team been rebuilding or retooling or whatever? They're they're kind of in the same position that uh, the team like the Canucks have been in. I don't know. I look at their team, and they should be a lot better than they are. I'll say that. Yeah, but, like, uh, also them been getting pretty high draft picks, right? Like, Provorov was pretty high. He was a really highly touted Uh, D-man. They somehow got the rights to draft Nolan Patrick. Yeah. You know? Like, these pieces for that team, like, this team should be better than it is. And, yeah, a lot of that is on Hackstall as well. Dave Hack, Hackstall and Hextall, most ridiculous, like, GM coach name combo of all time. They're not even related. But um, do you think that he get fired because he took Nolan Patrick over Elias Patterson? No, that's not the reason. No, that's not. It doesn't boil down to one thing like that. No. If it does, it's pretty petty, to be honest, I would say. Mm-hmm. But um, in in the National Basketball Association, you would get fired over something like that. Well, it's when different, you, but yeah, but it yeah. is different. But you also yeah. have like lock locks. Yeah, a lot of the time yeah. in in the NBA. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I don't mind the firing for for Hextall. It, it, Philly fans they want to see their team succeed, and they're impatient. They're probably more impatient than Canucks fans. Mm-hmm. And Hacks. Hexel had the right idea and he's forever going to be loved in Philly and Philly has like a brand of hockey. They're one of the teams in the NHL that have like a bruising brand of hockey that Philly fans expect. They haven't been living up to it. They've been soft. They've been taking too long to uh, rebuild. Their defense is at a point where they have a couple of offensive guys, but they're dogs breakfast in their own end. And you know, the, Part of the blame Andrew lies McDonald, not good. Part of the blame lies lies with um with Hextall, but a big part of it lies with Hackstall as well, with Dave Hackstall. Yeah, well but he's obviously the thing is is that Hextall's gotta get punted first and then whoever comes in and replaces him gets to you know, wipe the slate clean with Haxel. Haxel is basically a lame duck right now. He's gonna get canned. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh Travis Konechki, I like that kid. Yeah, he's he's good. He's underachieving though. I'd 15 say. points this year. Every time I watch him, I'm like, this kid's really good. Why don't they uh, use him a little bit more? Uh, other thing I wanted to run by you, the Chicago Blackhawks made a trade, fairly significant trade, uh, sending Nick Schmaltz to the Arizona Coyotes. In return, they get back Brandon Perlini and Dylan Strom. Dylan Strom. He and his brother, Ryan Strom, get traded within a few weeks of each other. Yeah, so, I mean, Bob McKenzie's a guy who's been jerking off about these Strom brothers for years, right? Like, in the World Juniors, he's, oh, the Strom brothers, the Strom brothers are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they were the the guys on that World Junior team that everybody was talking about on TSN. Yeah. They haven't done much in the NHL. Mm-hmm. They just haven't. And, I mean, uh, Ryan's been traded three times, and now this is Dylan's second team. And I I don't think that necessarily um, Chicago won this trade. A lot of people think they did because they got two guys for one. Yeah. And there is potential in in Dylan and Perlini. These guys, okay, all three players, all three parties, all three players in this trade are young. I think like, Schmaltz is the best player out yeah, of all three of them. Nick Schmaltz had 53 points last year. How many goals did he have? He had like 20, didn't he? He had 21 goals. Yeah. Uh 22 years old that's all that's all he is he fell out of favor somehow i don't know i mean who knows what's going on in chicago right now uh perlini only 22 years old dylan strom only 21 years old uh perlini 17 goals last year with arizona uh dylan strom still really chicago's in big trouble man 
I don't know what they're doing. They're in big, big trouble. Like they've, how many prospects in a row now have they traded away? Mm -hmm. They're like, and it's like first round guys, you know, Schmaltz is gone. Hartman. Hartman. Teravainen. Yeah. When he came in, Mm -hmm. like that cupboard is, is completely empty. Hartman. Why would you trade that guy? I don't know. I, I, but they're I watch, in trouble. They're in cap trouble, and they have nobody in their system. I watch I watch Nashville, and I'm like, and I see Hartman. I'm like, this guy's good. Yeah, he is. Why good. Why did you trade this guy? Yeah, he's and he's yeah. he's he's such a good energy player. Yeah. Um, Schmaltz, part of that North Dakota line, man, that CBS line, mm-hmm. um, of Kajula, Besser, and Schmaltz. Yeah. And uh, I'd love to see. I'd love to see a guy like Schmaltz eventually land in Vancouver. I think he's a great centerman. Mm. He was supposed to be the centerman of the future there on, in Chicago. So yeah. that's interesting that they just give up on him like that. He's only 22 years old. I don't get it. Uh, Make, so, okay, sorry. It makes you wonder how much um, time a guy like John Chaka has in Arizona. Uh, I'm starting to wonder because, you know, he's he's had high draft pick year in year out year in year out none of them are hitting as well as he'd like them he's, to hit he's Mr. Analytics right he is Mr. Analytics they've yeah. traded guys away like they traded Duclair away now he's traded Strom away um, and then he made that Gelchanyuk Max Domi trade that trade is looking fucking horrible yeah. for Arizona in relation to Max Domi like that that trade alone is almost enough to put Jake under the microscope mm. I think Interesting. All right. Thanks for those musings, Caleb Kirby. Uh, we're going to a game. Yeah. Yeah. The Between the Stammers podcasts are going uh, on location. Yeah, we're going on the road. We're uh, going to see the Canucks uh, play the Dallas Stars on Saturday. Of course, the Canucks will be playing Vegas t- on Thursday night when this podcast comes out. So this evening, I guess, when this podcast comes out. Uh, you know, a team, Vegas, they're, they're on a roll right now. So that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. So... Uh, hopefully the Canucks can uh, at least get their bearings there with you know Besser and they've got you know Besser and Patterson get this get this power play going right. Get Jake in the top six. <laughs> that's Enough dicking be, around. That's gonna be that's gonna be solving all our problems. Well, seriously though, he he brings the energy. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to say that uh, between the stammers tonight is brought to you by Carlsberg Lager, Copenhagen, Drink. existing since 1857. Drink Carlsberg. <laughs> they don't know it yet, but they're the sponsor of uh, Between the Stammers. So, yeah, this is going to be great. We uh, we get to see a day game. That's cool. Yeah, 1 o'clock. I'm stoked. When's the last time there's been a day game in Vancouver? It's a little risky, though. You get a, you get a little getting the beers early there, and by, you know, 7, 8 o'clock, you might be passed out at a SkyTrain station. So the last time uh, Caleb and I attended a game to, together was last year. We saw the Chicago Blackhawks coming to town. <laughs> it was an overtime game, actually, and I think and half the lower bowl ran out after the Blackhawks scored, and then they right. counted it as a no goal, mm-hmm. and then you could see the whole lower bowl just run back in. Uh, was it Marion Hosa that scored? Oh, wasn't he was allergic to? Before? Yeah, was wasn't he before? allergic to his gear that year? Yeah, already. I can't. I can't. Yeah, maybe it was. The We've year. seen the Blackhawks two years in a row. We have, so yeah. that's that's why I'm getting it like kind of mixed up in my head. Mm-hmm. I remember. I can't remember who scored in overtime though. It was Taze or Hosa. I think. I think it might have been Taze. Yeah, that scored the overtime goal. So I remember that. Anyway, the last time we went, we ended up buying jerseys. And so Caleb Curvey has a Bo Horvat jersey, and I have a 
Brock Besser jersey. Yeah, you didn't put him on your all-time Canuck team. I know. What a bastard. Well, it was between him and Cortinal. Seriously, I and I, I labored for a long time there. And the only reason I put Cortinal there was because I just felt that his speed along with McGillney would be Because he nice. lives in town and you want a little kickback. Yeah. Cortinal, the Cortinal brothers, Island Outfitters, they're, they're tight. I know that. <laughs> One time I went out fishing here in uh, Victoria and... There was a boat came past, okay. and and the, and the uh, the guide that we were with was like, "Hey, that's that's just Courtney." Okay, this is my last story of the night, and we'll wrap it up. Okay. okay? Yeah. So, anyways, I, I play on a men's league team. I was on a team last year. We were playing out at Perks, and uh, as I was going in, there was this team playing, and they had like an official timekeeper, sound person, and they had like one of those hot dog spinners that you like see at all the old rinks and there's like hot dogs all over the rink and i'm just like man like who the fuck are these guys this is like men's league team like pretty big guys pretty skilled hockey and Cortinal, you could see Cortinal on the jerseys and they're out there playing hockey and they had like an equipment boy who is not only like pumping tunes getting shit ready for when they came off the ice with like beers and stuff they had a fucking hot dog spinner <laughs> for after the game yeah. when they came off they were Cornell. slamming dogs into them like it was unbelievable and then like the, our whole team we were sitting in our room getting prepped for our game and we we're just like fuck we need a hot dog spinner every single guy except one of them was like oh lips and assholes i'm not eating hot dogs like the one objector in our room who's you know he's he's a funny guy but like at the same time that's what men's league's all about and i was just so excited to see like two former canucks you know driving a dog into him after the game this is incredible and this is between the stammers we've managed to get a brendan morrison story and a corporal story yeah that's good i like it uh caleb kirby where can we find you you can find me at curbman 23 on twitter and you can find us at between the stammers at gmail.com. Yeah, please send us your submissions for your all-time Canucks team. You can find me at Art Aronson on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening to Between the Stammers.